This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my is... Does <laughs> my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. I don't know what, what was the risk. My rants. Yeah, no, they were they were they were great though. I think, you know, we try to do that some here with the roundup on for the folks that want like want a little bit more information than just the headline of of what's happening and, and want to actually understand it. And I thought that uh, you did a great uh, a great job with those. Thank you. Thank you. I th I th I think uh, once it gets through to my head, um, what's really going on with the bill in a in a simple form, that's what I'm aiming for with everybody, and you know, with my own understanding of these bills. And once I understand that, then 
I think that's how most people are. Most people don't understand the complexities and the weeds of all these bills. So if I can, I'm trying to explain things in a, in a simple way so people can at least know what's going on. And I think one of the things you're referring to is the Colorado wolf issue, which is, as you know, super complex. There's a lot going on. But yeah, there's some simple he, things that you could know about, and, and you could leave it at that if you wanted to. Well, just the fact that I think, and it's not even listed in the plan itself, but the whole podcast that we did with Jim Heffelfinger about yeah. Mexican wolves and yeah. the potential impact on crossbreeding and, and loss of genetic diversity is just like, it's actually a huge freaking elephant that nobody's even talking about. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we even have that mentioned in... It might in some of the emails. There's so many emails on the back end. Um, <laughs> there might be a mention of that. But no, I listened to that podcast, um, your podcast with Jim the other day. And um, I reached out to, I can't remember who I reached out to first in Colorado. And I said, how come I'm not, what's going on with this wolf thing? Is there anything we can do? I'm not really seeing much as far as mm. an action to take. Now I know there was a there was a form um engage CPW something like that online but it was a whole form process that you had to go through to submit comments um but listening to that podcast with Jim it really it just that's what motivated me to go find out what the heck was going on cuz I didn't know anything that was going on mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. with the wolf with the wolf thing and then now I've made um some amazing partnerships with some people in Colorado that that do know what's going on and they helped bring this whole thing together and, and mm-hmm. helped our writers, um, get all this, this content mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Jim was, uh, Jim actually sent the podcast out to his whole, like, I guess he's got a counter team in Colorado where that's Colorado fish and, uh, parks and wildlife plus the fish and wildlife service people in Colorado. He shared the podcast with all of them. So yeah, um, there's a pretty happy about there's that a guy, uh, I'm going to throw this out on the on the while we're recording here because I think this guy deserves so much accolades. There's a guy named Dan Gates. Um, he's yeah. He's a, you know Dan? I know. I know Dan. Okay. Yeah, I, I met him last year when we um, helped with the. Uh, yeah, you was you were on there. the on the steps in Colorado, That's and right. then you flew out to freaking Winterstrong. That's where I met Dan. I was on the steps of yeah, the yeah, Capitol yeah. Building in, in Colorado. Nobody. Yeah. He had a big fur hat. I on. would argue that no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan's not uh, Dan's not winning any modern fashion contests because, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I would argue that uh, maybe you're going to make a list of the top five people in the country who have dedicated their lives to doing the right things for wildlife and protecting hunting yeah. and trapping. Dan belongs on that list, and he's kind of uh, yeah, just insanely passionate dude. Um. And I brought him up because you said you reached out to some people and call. If you want to know what's going on with bills and legislature in Colorado, I told Dan one time that I didn't know how to uh, do a better job of staying up to date as a resident of Colorado on things that were going on. And he added me to an email list that I really do want to know, but man, does Dan let you know. And he breaks it down. He has an incredible email list that he just sends out to people. And then I also get – I'm a member of the of the Predator, Colorado Predator Hunters and Trappers Association too. But anyway. Okay, so you're a resident of Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, got it. Yeah. No, Dan's pretty awesome. I mean, I only spent that 
that day with him and then maybe I spoke with him on the phone. Um, I, I do believe, I didn't speak with him directly on this one, but he's, uh, he's a part of the organizations that, um, that I got a lot of the info from for sure. Sweet. Sweet. I'll well, probably listen. see him in Denver. Cause I'm going to go out to the Denver wolf meeting. Um, we're going to organize something for that. I mean, I don't know what, what you guys want to talk about, but somebody sent me, um, I mean, Robbie, I know, I know you guys are well aware of all the issues and problems in the, in the hunting world and in the world and all that, but there's no problems in the hunting world. What are you talking about? God. So somebody sent me an infographic and I think it was from defenders of wildlife that they were sending out. Oh Lordy. Um, but what got me was, you know, they're really good at building a sense of community. And Mm. today I think was Gunnison's commission meeting in Gunnison, Colorado. But yesterday they got a bar and somewhere in, in Gunnison and they're like, Hey, come out and meet us. We'll let it, we'll let you know what the, what our plan for the future of wolves are in Colorado. We'll buy you a beer. We'll uh, give you talking points and let you know what to say in tomorrow's meeting. And so I asked, I said, are there any hunting orgs, anything going on like that? That's doing the same thing. And the answer was no. I'm like, all right, well let's do it in Denver. Like, you know, so we can actually plan for it. I think it's a month from now. Let's plan something like that and build some community. Now, I know there's been, you know, camo at the Capitol and meetings at the Capitol. And Dan mm-hmm. Gates, in fact, um, you know, had a big part in organizing the big rally last year. But we certainly need, I think, more of that to build a, a, a foundation and, and community. Um, I'm th- I was thinking about the pie charts. If we were to look at, you know, how anti-hunting organizations spend their money and how hunting organizations spend their money. I bet the anti-hunting organizations are spending a lot more on outreach and mm. and lobbying and advocacy mm-hmm. and, and kind of community, you know, meetings like that. In fact, I know that they are. Sort of and grassroots of our, community yeah. fundraising, not fundraising, but lobbying, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why they can be so powerful and so loud. I don't think they outnumber us. We just don't get engaged. Mm. Mm. Well, we just haven't had... Cody, you you know you know this better than anyone based on a little bit of your history. I just don't think there's an organization like CSF is a great organization, but they work on the in the capital in the hallways yeah. with the statesmen, with the congressmen, that kind of stuff. But there's no real grassroots out there organizing, dare you say, a lobbying type group. Mm-hmm. Maybe Howell was built for that, you know. Um. I'm learning every day. I don't know what road we're going to, I don't know what road we're going to end up on. Oh, welcome to the evolution of this game, my man. Welcome to the evolution. It is. Cody, we evolved since you got started. Oh yeah. I think you have a giant uh, personality or a like character problem though, too, that I I, I think in to really put people in a bucket and stereotype a little bit, but I think it's solid. I, I think that Hunter's, are a totally different group that just doesn't like not wants to be solitary, but doesn't want to mess with other people. Right. Like doesn't, not all of them, obviously there's some asshole hunters pushing initiatives, right. That that's a hundred percent true. But for the most part, I think, I think you have this, I think a whole bunch of the, of the animal rights extremist people are just people looking for a cause. Right. Like they're they're not they're 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 looking to stir a pot 
um, and you know save the wolves and the and the teddy bears is the is the it's an easy one to latch on to, right? Um, and I think it's uh, I I I hope that we find a way around that because I really do think that there's a personality conflict in actually kind of like activating hunters in a in a long term engagement way, right? I think hunters have gotten better at showing up for camo on the capital because it was all right. This one day I'm going to give my time and go. Um, I don't think it's about a lack of dedication or a lack of caring or even a selfishness i think it's just a personality thing like it, it's hard for me i, I don't want to i don't want to change other people's views on things for the most part like i i admire a person's opinion to disagree or a, opinion even when they disagree with me so i i think there's a bigger barrier there than just hunters don't get off their couch uh, you're exactly right personalities are are definitely more of a um like you said, you know, just keep to myself, not bother other people. Um, but I think we need to learn that we do need to stir our own pots or we're going to lose everything. Hmm. And uh, we have a lot. and it's, We do have a lot, obviously. But the writing's on the wall, I think. Um, if, we, if we don't speak up, if we don't get involved, what will hunting look like in 50 years? That if we keep on the same path, that's, that's kind of a scary thought. And, and mm -hmm. I really mean that. I really oh, do. Yeah. It's, that's, um, there's a lot of complexities to wildlife management and, and whatnot and just our, our culture. But I wouldn't say right now it's heading in the direction of being, of being hunting friendly. Now, that being said, Blood Origins is a great example of you are, I, I think you are, seeing success in in what oh, your yeah. mission is you know oh yeah um i know even we're today even today i saw a freaking you know i i screenshot them all because it's like yeah it's so the intangibles of of the difference we're making it's so difficult to quantify right but i screenshotted some random woman today who's who her instagram handle is simba ladisilis or whatever it's you know <laughs> Yeah, I would have never known. Thanks for shedding light. Okay, right. And you never know, like how many people watched the, you know, this crazy comment stream that I just went through, with a guy at the end of the day that says I am pro hunting. I'm like, what? I literally was arguing with someone that I thought was anti hunting, but you tell me you're pro hunting. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's it, huge. We're, we're making progress. I think you're making massive progress. Look, it's as I told you, I think Hell for Wildlife is a breath of fresh air in terms of it's exactly the thing that we were missing. I felt like Blood Origin, we couldn't fill that niche. Like we, we can be the spear tip. We can, we can do the talking head. We can put our voice out there. We can put our face out there to say this is the truth. Yeah. But we, we couldn't fill the role that you guys are filling. So it's a perfect perfect compliment um yeah. and right. i'm so impressed by you know you've grown so much in such a short period of time and i know you've got big goals and dreams in terms of what this year holds and you've already come out the gate screaming so kudos yeah i actually have some staff which is i heard huge. i heard you, I... you did you hire uh matt right 
He's one of them. Yeah, Matt. Nice. And and um and Everett uh, Headley. Nice. Um, he's out of Montana, and um, it's just it it saves me so I can get so much more done because all <laughs> these actions and anything you see, I'm just sitting here all day if I'm not running. <laughs> I got to like trail run, but then I come back and I'm like, all right, I got to do social media. I got to update the website. I got to do an action. I got to figure out how to write this stuff. And then Robbie's like, hey, you misspelled this. And I go back and fix it. <laughs> no, I, I seriously appreciate it. I do. Because it's just bam, bam, calling bam, bam, all bam, the bam. MPs prime ministers. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <Prime>. <laughs> Look, that's my yeah, job. Email I'm... all the prime ministers of Canada. I'm like, what am I talking about? Yeah. No, stuff like that is 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 good. And I have no issue with anybody correcting me on that because it's you know it's worth it i want it i want it to look the best i can make it but now i have these guys that are writing um who are good writers and they know a lot of people and they have a lot of contacts and you know i'll say hey there's this issue going on in montana and i've got all these contacts in montana can you just can you figure this out and here's my template here's what i need to create the actions saves me um Mm -hmm. An incredible amount of time. Good stuff. It's like, dude. you know, I'm getting actions every day basically yeah. done. So good stuff. Good cool. stuff. Well, we're gonna get into the nitty gritty here yeah. on um like all the things that are swirling, because that's why I wanted you on tonight. So it's like gotcha. yeah. we're, we're we've just started the legislative season and there's just thing after thing after thing after thing. Yeah. Um but let's do a little bit of house admin to start with, and I'm going to start it off with a cracker. Okay. Okay. I put on my Insta story today, if you happen to see it, an email that I sent to, to an organization that people, I had multiple people reach out saying, it's just, it's, it's a fake organization. I said, no, sir, it is absolutely for real. And it's called Herborize. Herb, herbivorize. Sorry, Herbivorize. And it's an organization out of Europe that is completely legitimate in their mission to herbivorize predators in the world. Legitimately. I don't know what that word They're going to eat. Genetic manipulation of lions to become herbivores. To become herbivores. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Do you want to? Do you want it? You want the bomb to drop? I just got a response to that podcast saying we'd love to podcast with you. Wow! So that is real. I'm gonna do it, and we have to come up with like a really a title that will just be like what? We'll shoot to number one of the wilderness charts. <laughs> how does that? How does that even make any? Yeah. Well, we can't even. Again, who knows what I want to ask say. them. I want to yeah. ask them, Cody. Mind blown, right? Yeah, it just makes exactly. me lose faith in humanity so a little bit. Like, what? Like, why are these people? And obviously, these people have some education, right? Like, they have some knowledge, dude. I think it's academics. Idiots! It's idiots, is what it is. And I don't mean to. I shouldn't be insulting people. We try to be nice guys here with the gloves on. But I'll wait for the podcast. Okay, I'll, so I'll, I'll listen to their responses and answers with open ears and see if I still think they're idiots. Okay, so the person that we're, we're, two of them, two of the team are going to join the podcast. A guy called Adam James Davis and Stygian Brewers. 
So Stigen is the advisory board member. Stigen is a Belgian animal rights activist, environmentalist, ethicist, and economist. He has a PhD in physics and in moral philosophy. And a master's degree in economics. Adam James Davis is an English futurist from Nottingham who's held a passion for transhumanism, posthumanism, bioethics, and suffering ablutionism for almost 20 years since early teenagehood. I don't know what the last one is. Ablutionism? I don't know. Ablutionism? He also cares about uh, bioethics. Abol- ab- abolitionism. Abolitionism. Sorry, suffering abolitionism. Okay. He's an, an How okay. can you even mention bioethics with that as a goal? How, how can you even mention ethics? I mean, how is genetically modifying an animal for that reason? I don't even understand how you can genetically modify an animal and think that you have any bioethics. We are together, we can... How would they think there'd be enough grasses or vegetation to now all predators are eating that? So now that's going to make it even harder for all the ungulates and everything else. So they're not eating each other, they're not eating meat. Now their diet's just going to be grasses and vegetation and, and whatever else, right? So we're going to have to plant more to sustain this, or how how do we do this? Can I be on the podcast? I'm going to have to. They've got a lot of stuff. They've got a lot of stuff on this on this uh, website. Can I be on the podcast? On their research. Together we can impact the evolutionary transition of carnivorous species to become herbivorous. Say what? I want to be on that podcast. Oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. That's just so unnatural. There's nothing natural about that whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, that's, I could see odd. Cody, you know, being three agaves deep and getting on a soapbox <laughs> and <laughs> not turning out well. Yeah. Anywho. You guys are having beverages, aren't you? What time is it? Yeah, you're, you're the only one drinking what water, Charles. What are you, in Hawaii? <laughs> it, everywhere, everywhere <laughs> in the North American continent, it's time to drink. <laughs> it's time to drink, exactly. Everywhere. <laughs> oh man I'll, I'll get one so Cody um, I know we've got a couple of text messages but uh, I do want to tell everyone that um, if you gave to Blood Origins your annual giving summary went out thank you so much and Dave from Indiana who's a frequent texter as he told me in the email uh, emailed us this time because he couldn't fit it all in a text um, but he wanted to let everyone know that if you belong to a company and you give to Blood Origins, you need to check with your company because most companies, some companies, will match your contributions to that nonprofit. So if you have given in 2022, take your annual giving statement to your company, your HR, and say, hey, I'd like you guys to match this. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what Dave wanted to remind everyone for. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for that reminder. Something like uh, $11 billion a year that because people don't take advantage of that company match doesn't get given Jeez. across the United States. Microsoft has that. Uh, yep. Somebody signed us up for their, they work for Microsoft. They signed us mm-hmm. up for that. Yeah, we have, we mm-hmm. have several. But Amazon Smile is. Well, Amazon Smile is going away. They're I going heard. away. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, they're going away. Bloody Amazon Man. Prime. Yeah. Get our twenty-five dollars. We're gonna that. we're gonna sink it. We're gonna get sunk. Our twenty-five dollars a quarter that we were getting. Yeah, I know. 
So, some Damn. organizations, I, I know there's one here in California, I think they get like $17,000 a year that they're not going to get now. Jeez. How much money are people spending on Amazon to get $17,000? They got a lot of people, yeah, that are tuned in to, to doing their Amazon Cheapest creep smile thing, yeah. Anyway. Anything hot on the text messages? Um, the big ones are, last week, Alaska and I talked about ice fishing and fly fishing. And we got some uh, responses on that. Um, for those of you that didn't listen to the roundup last week, basically Alaska said, like, I thought about getting into ice fishing and then it just seems like too much work. And I kind of agreed with him a little bit, <laughs> like... It's a lot of work, and then I have this terrible fear that I'll go ice fishing and, like, spend all the time augering a hole. And I've been a couple of times, but it was always with other people that kind of knew what they were doing. And I, it was basically, we both were really worried that we would have to auger 50 holes until we found fish because we just didn't know what we were doing, and it seemed like a lot of work, <laughs> and it's cool. Um, and I said something to the effect of, I think people, you know, I think ice fishing is maybe more than other types of fishing, kind of a social, um, there's not much else to do type of activity. Um, Dave from Wisconsin. Did you offend some people? Um, no, we didn't get anybody offended. We got some, uh, we got some responses. No, I don't think offended is, okay. is proper, but Dave from Wisconsin, who's a great texter, sends incredible text to us. He just said, just have to comment on the ice fishing discussion. While it used to be very much that people ice fish because that's all there was to do, and so they didn't really care about fish. Now that the technology is involved, there are many people that enjoy it. I think what he's referring to here is uh, there's a lot of people using cameras now, like where you shove a camera down and you're watching the fish move around your bait in the water. Um, and so I think people are having a lot more, you know, success and maybe a little bit more into it. And, and I don't know. Sounds like that's cheating. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever ice fished? I can't imagine you sitting in an ice fish fishing shanty. No, I told, we've had this conversation before. I don't get it. You get on the ice, you put a heater in a room and it starts melting the ice. Like, well, <laughs> and you're sitting and standing in a puddle not, of water. That's not what happens. You remember that? Yeah. He said. I love ice fishing. He didn't love he it. Did, I grew up in Michigan. So he then went on to Man. tie it into the other another discussion that Alaska and I had about fly fishing, where Alaska kind of just brought the hammer on fly fishermen. Um, and I agree with him. There's, I don't, I would argue that of the uh, of the outdoor sports in general. Um, fly fishermen may have the most just pretentious assholes in the group. I, I, I think that's probably true. Aren't, um, aren't you an avid, avid fly fisherman? Yeah, I'm literally in it and spend most of the day-to-day -day planning a big trip. But I, I, I don't have any judgment. And I, I think he's right. But Dave compares ice fishing kind of to fly fishermen who do things harder, do it a weird way handicap themselves in the process um just because they like the process so great text dave gave me a uh really good uh oh, made me made me think about the fact that i got all excited for about uh 12 hours one time and thought i was gonna become a fly fisherman i built an amazon wish list of shit that i thought i needed to buy to become an, an ice fisherman excuse me 
I never bought any of it and just decided it was going to be too much work. Um, hey, um, your 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 roundup actually made a a couple of waves that you didn't even know about. I was on a phone call today, uh-oh. and yeah, and uh, I was told that you talked a little bit about the Kenai rule, the Kenai issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a senator out of the state of Alaska heard our podcast and wanted to correct uh, some some information that was on the podcast. And I said, okay. We're gonna, so we're going to have the, one of the senators, I think he's a former Marine, and he wants to come on the podcast and we're going to talk about Kenai. Uh-oh. That's going to be on Alaska because I really play <laughs> dumb and don't know much about it. Um <laughs> I know enough about the, the, the Kenai rule that I think that uh, everyone's just talking about bear baiting, right? And I think that's uh, – Right. I think that's actually – I think it's honestly a small part. I think it's an important part, and it's worth discussing, but it's a small part of the Kenai rule policy plan, whatever the hell it's called. Um, and I think that we're probably just – Well, let's, we'll have the conversation with the senator and clear yeah, the – Now I'm interested. I want to be on that podcast too. I'd love a good argument with an actual elected elected uh, legislator. Um, Tanner from and- Tanner from Utah sent a text. Tanner, by the way, I'm telling you right now, Tanner's got we we got some legitimate like 2,500 word texts from Tanner. He's got one here that's nine <laughs> paragraphs. Um, and mo like 99.99% of the people in the world that would piss me off and I just wouldn't read it but Tanner is a very very uh educated and in tune uh person he sent us uh he sent us a YouTube link about that uh, we've had we've been having a discussion in text about him talking with people and having conversations about ecotourism versus hunting tourism in Africa mainly. Tanner is the one that went and he he as a kid worked for a PH um in multiple countries oh, right, in right, Africa. Right. Um sent a YouTube video on this and uh he also replied to the fly fishing thing. Um he got a little sarcastic about it and said it's simply that fly fishermen are better than the rest of fishermen. He put that in he put the better than the rest of us. So it wasn't he's not a fly fisherman attacking. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, he went on to explain, I think some of this is more in line with my thoughts on fly fishing that it's, uh, I feel like I'm hunting fish when I'm fly fishing. That's the best way I've been able to boil it down as opposed to sitting on a boat and blind casting, not taking anything away from, you know, great bass fishermen or walleye fishermen, but when I can see the fish in the water and I go after it, that's what I love about about fly fishing. Um, and Tanner goes on to talk a little bit about that and kind of lay it out in better <clears throat> words than I could. Um, and then one last one real quick here. Uh, Tim from Saskatchewan, very interesting. Um, he asked us... Uh, kind of hitting around about having a CWD discussion um, from the perspective of hunters, which we've done a little bit, but maybe more. Um, and the reason that it brought it up is Tim, who sent us a picture of a incredible mule deer he harvested in Saskatchewan this year, just got back uh, positive test. CWD yep. positive. On his deer. Yep. Well, Tim uh, is a little bit uh, fortune tellery in his maybe genetic background and makeup we just had 
We just did a CWD podcast with the Senior Director of Policy for the National Deer Association, Torin Miller. Uh, more specifically about Mississippi's Commission's recent policy decisions around some CWD management plan changes. Uh, so that is coming. Last thing I'll say uh, before we tackle everything that's happening in legislature around the U.S., talking about YouTube videos, I got sent a YouTube video today called The Truth About the Star Yak Ranch. Just Google it. The Truth About the Star Yak Ranch. The guy that is in the video his name is Jeffrey Starr. He has 15.1 million followers on YouTube. He has 13.8 million followers on Instagram. I'm going to show Charles and Cody what Jeffrey Starr looks like. Oh, yeah. Huh. Wow. Okay. Typical rancher. Very much a very <laughs> untypical rancher the video is amazing the video is him talking about looking after his yaks he grooms them he grooms he touches them he spends time with them and then he goes but this is where my meat comes hey, from did not even i'm in wyoming i don't did it not even dawn on you how weird it was when you said he touches them <laughs> it did to me <laughs> that was weird sorry <laughs> just watch the video just watch the video but if there was someone who would break stereotypes on hunting and where meat comes from, because he talks about it, he said, I don't know what people have an issue with hunting and where meat comes from. I spoke to my friends. They say meat comes from the grocery store. And he's like, what the hell's wrong with you? But when you say he touches it's the brilliant. <laughs> he, he He strokes no, them with his no, fingers and his long fingernails. Smoking no, them doesn't make it any better. No. It's no better. That's it's what he does in the video. It's what he does in the okay. video. It's what he does in the video. Wait, so, so when I go to the Star Yak, like, is, is this yak meat that I can buy from the Star Yak? Ranch? Yes. Yeah. You can buy yak meat from the sky. I'm yak meat right now. He says it's, it's, it's leaner and healthier than bison. Well, everybody's shit is leaner. I'm healthier. telling you, I reached out to him. I want him on the podcast. Could you imagine us having him on the podcast? I carumba. Definitely. Twelve dollars a pound for ground yak better be the best damn. Well, that's why he's raising his own. That's why he's touching. Yeah, it. he's he's a businessman. <laughs> Very gently. All right, all right, all right, all right. That's the end of that. Uh, since this is still in January when this drops, leave us a podcast review, leave us a rating, and you can be in in the runnings for a un a hat that is not for sale. True Blood Origins, one of our leather patch hats. You can't see it. Cody's showing it to everyone because it's an audio medium. You can't actually see it. Um, it's sexy. It's not for sale. It is sexy. And um, you can win it by just sending us a review and a um, a rating. Screenshot it. Send it to our email, info at bloodorigins.com. DM it to us or text it to us at... 620-860-4804. Charles, where are you Perfecto. at? I was going to ask you about, do you have this text that people just text message? I, I'm like, I've never heard of yeah. this before. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. I have a, uh, it's just a Google voice number. It's a free phone number. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, 
I was going to ask about that. All right. uh, like, just, just, it, yeah. it increases kind of uh, participation a little bit. There's just a group of people out there yeah. that are more comfortable with dropping a text and making a comment. I, I have a text this. message thing I started using uh, last week for Washington State Commission meeting. And <laughs> I thought that the, the directions were really clear. It's, it's text spring bear. And then in parentheses, one word and only that word to this number. I've been getting all kinds of crazy texts. I'm like, <laughs> no one asks you to text this. It doesn't automate the system. It's if you text that, then it automates the system and you automatically get signed up for this and that. Everything. It's I don't need your name. I don't. And it's like, oh, God, I don't I got to I don't know what to do here. So I just started using that. Um, but it's to automate something. So it needs to be exactly. Mm-hmm. I've learned from it. I'm only going to use I'm never going to do two words i'll just use bear next time because i'm getting a lot of spring bear two words that makes sense kind of my fault first time using it but there's some instruction that needs to go along with that but no, you'll get better yeah. you'll get better things will evolve yeah. um <laughs> i did hear the guys from gnh decoys i think are going to start their own podcast and they actually have one step above our text message coding this is maybe we may steal it from them too um it's a great idea though they've got a voicemail eight in which you can leave up to a three-minute voicemail, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll play the voicemail on the air and respond to it if you've got something to say or a question or something like that. Okay, uh, I'm about. To That's what Theo Vaughn does. I'm about to dig. God, Theo Vaughn is the funniest human being alive. I'm about <laughs> to dig as a hole right here, but uh, you can absolutely call. Six two zero eight six zero forty eight zero four. Leave a voicemail, and and then I will forward that file to Robbie, and he'll figure out how the hell we play it back on the podcast. Because we can, you can leave a voicemail on that number too. Let's do it. Let's see who will leave a voicemail. Who's the first person to leave a voicemail? Okay, I'm betting. I need to change Dave Gilson. <laughs> let me go in and listen to what the damn. I got to figure out what the message from my end of it says and also if you leave a voicemail there you're giving us the right to use it a hundred percent don't don't back out on that yeah use it. all right fix that F- figure it out cody we'll knock it out all right charles hot seat time um where do we want to start start on the east start on the west where do you want to start i'm gonna have to look everything up Let's just start. Well, we'll just gener- I'm, I'm, let's just talk generally. Let's just talk generally. Let's start with the east. Let's go Connecticut. Connecticut is uh, they've got two bear bills right now that are about to drop or have dropped already that are interested in bringing bear hunting back to the state of Connecticut. Yeah. So basically, with that, there's a bunch of bear there. It's a small state. They don't have. Didn't bear they have a there. kid taken? That's why the New Jersey yes. governor got so freaking. Yes. Wrapped around the axle? I think in their in the kids' grandparents' backyard or something like that. Jeez. But then last year there were in twenty twenty two there was over ten thousand five hundred reported bear sightings. There's a lot of bear in Connecticut. So hmm. there's a few there's actually a lot of different bills, but those two surrounding bear, but those two um are for basically implementing a a bear season, one through a lottery, nice. and then in the in the northwestern part of the state, I think, 
and then the other's kind of a general, you know, let's have a limited bear season, but also make it illegal to deliberately feed bear, mm -hmm. which would, you know, uh, hopefully reduce human bear conflict. So, um, yeah, I mean, nope. it's, it's it's a simple, I think it's a simple bill. It's a simple ask. There's enough bear to sustain it. It's going to be limited. Uh, it's it's the it's the starting it's the starting steps to this, um, to 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 hunting bear there. There's there's yeah, not much it, other info on but, it. But a pro hunting piece of legislation. Oh yeah, pretty good to see. Pretty good to see. Uh, Montana has a pro. Is that a, it's not really legislation, is it? I think it's a it's a a right to hunt amendment. Yeah, but it needs um. So Representative Paul Fielder is the he's the author the sponsor um it needs a super majority it needs a hundred co-sponsors i believe um and so it can then be on the ballot in the fall and then the 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 residents of of montana will will vote on that so that's to protect hunting trapping and fishing all three of those are in there um it goes into detail it's it's just a draft right now, but it's basically the exact same language as what was used in the, I think in 2021. Um, it didn't make it by one vote, but mm -hmm. this year, I think we're confident it's going to make it, which will be great for sweet for so many reasons. Um, so whether you're in Montana or not in Montana, this still benefits you. Like if you want to hunt in Montana someday, that secures your ability to do that for perpetuity right but i right. think this is also another you know there's a few states that have this but this is a building block to what we need in as many states as we can is to get mm -hmm. the right to hunt and fish and 100 and it's also a right to food you know so uh there's language in there that it's it's a right to food so that's a that's an amazing um i love i love issues like that it also you makes know, I, it so much harder for the anti-hunters and they have to spend more money and spend more time and more reset, more resources to get these things done. So, um, you know, we've, we've talked about it before, how they, they take away cut by cut. Sure. Well, we got to build those things back also. Mm -hmm. And that, that makes mm -hmm. it way more difficult for them. Very, mm -hmm. very important issue. Mm -hmm. Montana no, also I know has that... the, the grizzly bear thing. Yeah, the grizzly bear management plan right yep. now that they are it's out for public comment. Yep. That's good. Um that's also a positive pro hunting piece. Uh let's keep going with the pro hunting pieces. Um Wyoming just dropped two very important bear pieces of legislation. Yeah. One to remove the word trophy around the the term tied to large carnivores and the second taking classifying them as game animals i believe which means then the wanton waste law uh comes into effect and you have to take the the, the meat off the mountain correct whoa, whoa. Yeah, i'm talking to and, jesse johnson and there's strategy there there's strategy there also from I, right. i've um talked to quite a few people on that the strategy is it makes it again a lot harder for the anti-hunters to to take that away because they can't even though i think most hunters do take the meat. Um, you know, they'll they'll come at an issue like that and say, "Oh, this is trophy hunting." They don't even have to take the meat. Well, yeah, let's let's yeah. change that. Let's take the meat. You can't call yeah. it that anymore. Yeah, yeah. 
Cody, I know that we've had conversations around this before. The meat or the word trophy? I got, I got, uh, I don't know. What was the first one? They're going to remove the word trophy? Yeah. So I think that they're, they're, they, um, again, I'll, 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 I'll stand corrected here and Jesse's going to kill me when she listens to this and Jaden's going to kill me when they listen to this, but the bill takes the, I, I think they classify, they're going to reword the hunting regulations around bears to be big game animals, not trophy animals. But you're right. Yeah, I believe that's what it is. It's, it's, they're labeled as trophy game or something, trophy animals, something like that right now. Right. Okay. Um, it's just it's a semantics a thing. It's, a semantics it's been there for a long time. It's a semantics thing. They yeah. want to change it to to Charles's point. They want to change it so that, um, again, it makes it harder for them. And here's the thing that I talk to Jesse about a lot is it's the same what, what Cody probably was thinking is like we're putting lipstick on a pig here, right? Removing the word trophy and calling it something else. The same thing with the meat, right? okay, you get this wanton waste law put in place that you have to take the meat, but they're just going to dump it in the dumpster when they get to town. Well, the argument here is you you could do the same thing with mule deer. People like hunting mule deer. They just don't like mule deer meat, and they just toss it when they get off the mountain because they have to take it off the mountain. Well, I'm a fan of wanton waste laws. Um you know, where applicable, they can't be applied to everything, I don't think, or our predator management, you know, it, it, you get to the point that people stop managing a specific animal because of wanton waste laws, and then we have another set of dilemmas to deal with, right? Like, I mean, if it, law-abiding people all of a sudden in Montana in droves, or Wyoming, I'm sorry, stop hunting black bears, you're going to end up with a Connecticut or a New Jersey a called black bear problem, right? I mean, there's, there's a, there's a balancing mm. act there that it's not, there are a set of animals that because there's 300 plus million of, of us humans here in the United States, we have to manage um, their existence. And so the hunting of them is not exclusively about the meat. Um, and yeah, I, I'm all in favor. I, I don't think hunting regulations should designate an animal as a trophy animal. That's a good idea. I'm completely averse to us talking about not using the word trophy anymore in general because someone might get their panties in a bunch. It's not my not my realm to go down, but that seems like a good idea there. I agree. I agree with what you said there. Yeah, this is there's some strategy here, and I don't think that's going to be a problem with. Uh... I don't think people are going to stop hunting bear because now they have to eat mm-hmm. bear meat. It's one of my favorite meats mm-hmm. to to eat, honestly. Uh, there's a few people I think I have an issue with it, but not many. Most people that will yeah, work I'm... hard enough to kill a bear have grown to appreciate the meat, right? Now, that there's a few people mm-hmm. that won't eat bear meat, and it's a different kind of meat, right? Like it, it's a it's a it's a thing that you have to. You know, it's different. It's not beef. 100% it's not beef. Um, but most people who are going to do the work and go out and actually harvest a bear legally, um, you know, have acquired a taste for it, for sure. I think it's also smart strategically knowing that grizzlies are potentially coming to be hunted. 
and that these are smart little places to to sort of shore up our resources. Uh, Cody, um, you know, you know, hopefully one day I can figure out like what the taste of bear meat is like, you know, maybe when I get to kill one myself one day, you know, maybe a zoo or something would be a place you could pull it off. This is just the wilds just not working for you. (laughs) Kidding. We don't shoot animals in zoos. It's a joke. Um, all right, and then the other um, is there anything else? I don't think there's anything other pro hunting right now, right, Charles? On the in the books on the horizon, not that I can recall. Um, there, no, well, no, there are there is in California. It's it's through the commission actually. There. Oh, that's the are, elk tag one. Yeah, so the commission loves it. The data's there. California. I would bet is going to expand their elk hunting seasons to open new areas and add 112 additional elk tags, which is huge because that's a lottery hunt. So you use your points for that. So adding that is great. However, there's also some things in the work to do more and better elk counts to expand that even further. Um, I guess it's too early to talk about the new bear management plan that California's going to have, but there's certainly some opportunity there to expand bear hunting opportunities. Jeez, can you imagine the the data that that plan is going to have is going to be I can't insane. Wait. I hope so. I really hope so. My, my one fear is if I'm kind of fear, fearful that if they release too much uh, data and it looks too good to promote more bear hunting how can it have too, too much good. of a the data the data is going to show that they've got a shit ton <laughs> of bears. Just, yeah it's just california just gonna, i'm just saying california did the same thing in montana when they release wolf numbers every year in montana and idaho and they get sued in federal court for having improper data gathering techniques because the data shows that there's more wolves than you know I, I I get your point, okay, man. Yeah, yeah. If it comes out and we're like, man, we got a lot of bears, somebody's going to say, well, you counted them wrong. If, if there's too many, yeah. right? Like, I, I understand completely what you're saying, but uh, it's crazy to me that California is legitimately talking about expanding bear season, expanding bear hunting opportunities, what, a year after that congressman from San Francisco said that we needed to eliminate it because all the bears were gone. That was one of my favorite. Uh, yeah, my favorite. It's two years now. It's yeah, it's two years now. But yeah, that's what started. That's what that was like the the final catalyst of what started. Hall was that. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. Dude, just but yeah. Senator Weena. Senator Weena out yeah. of San Francisco. Yep. <laughs> I very much remember that SB five two. I think it was video that we put out. It went like crazy. If you're last, there are some hunt. There are some hunt on Sundays uh, bills that are they're oh, out there in different states. Um, listen here, we've got twelve minutes left on the podcast to one hour. You oh, just put like Cody's. We we know we can't go over an hour because we know it happens. Listen here, and you just put Cody's favorite <laughs> favorite topic Sunday it's hunting. Bullshit. It's Cody's favorite topic. It's bullshit. And Aaron, who works with us and is an incredible hunter, um, you know, just a badass from Maine. 
She killed an incredible moose. She's a great hunter. I have a ton of respect for her. She is a pro no hunting on Sundays person. And it's when you look back at the basis of those laws back when they were created. It's it's odd. Maine's odd. Straight. Maine is odd. Cool odd. I like Maine. Yeah. But they're odd. Yeah. The, but it's, if you don't want somebody hunting on your ground on Sundays, put a damn sign up, right? Do the, do the, do the work and post it. I'm, I'm completely opposed to taking half of a working man's potential hunting opportunities away from him. I just am. I agree. I 100% agree. Okay, moving I, on. Moving yeah, on. We'll because move on. Sunday hunting is just like. Yeah. But I'm not even talking about Maine. There's some other states. But anyway, um, do you want to talk about the opposite anti-hunting bills? Yeah, so let's talk what else is out there right now. Uh, wolf management plan in Colorado mm-hmm. is out there. Uh, we mentioned it already. There's some public meetings occurring. You need to get briefed up in terms of what the Colorado Wolf Management Plan, we will do a talking head about it um, in terms of the numbers and timing and impacts and 10J rules and all that kind of stuff. There's four meetings left, I believe. If you're in Colorado, do your best to be at those meetings. There's one, or one of those four is a virtual meeting that all of us can take part in, which we're going to need to. Uh, We need the match, outdo the anti- I don't know what they're called, if they're anti-hunters or whatever they are, but yeah, probably anti-hunters. Um, and then there's a open comment section until I think February 22nd, um, where you can submit comments on the current draft. And I think it's really important, even though the current draft is not perfect, it can be amended. The, the commission and everyone all the task force forces that are involved can uh, can improve the wolf management plan for for livestock owners, for ungulates that are out there, for compensation, for education on how do we deal with wolves, and when we're out biking and tent, you know, sleeping in tents and all that. So many things there. The issue is not are wolves going to be on the ground or not. That's done. That ship has sailed. Right. We have to. However, you feel about it. We have to make this the best possible outcome that we can do right now with this commission because a, a this is a podcast. This is a whole podcast, Robbie, but the Colorado commission is probably going to change due to who's governor right now. And mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of backstory on that, which will take the rest of the time, but it's very important, I think, to act now. Wait, wait, here's the thing, that. Charles, is even as a resident of Colorado, who is exposed to a shitload of people with opinions about this thing, I still don't know what I should like. Now, again, taking in mind, I completely agree with you, total waste of our time to say we don't want wolves, right? You're, 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 yeah. you're burning oxygen to take that argument, right. right? I still don't know if I like or don't like the plan they released. And why? That's that's another problem with this. Is is I don't know if anybody actually likes it. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's a rock and a hard place here. There's some good things about it. There's some good. You can't scrapping it all together and coming up with a 
with the ultimate plan, uh, I think we'd run out of time and, and defenders of wildlife would probably have their plan in place. So what, so when someone tells me, cause I can promise you, you're about the 35th person to tell me I should be at one of these meetings. I don't know what to say at the meeting. I don't like go plan. Oh. Fuck you plan. Okay. Plan is okay. Yeah. I, I don't like, you know what I mean? And I've read, I read the whole damn thing and I, and I'm not saying like I'm uneducated because I'm not putting the effort in. I'm uneducated. I'm uneducated. I don't want you to tell me what to think. I want someone who is against yeah. the plan to say, here's why I'm against, or here's the parts of this plan. Like, right. Does that, does it make sense what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to be a participatory and educated Colorado Ian. So color. Yeah. Is it color rotten or what is it? Know. Cause there's two, here for four years. there's two know. different ways. Um, so, okay. So I think that's the point is the plan isn't perfect right now. So go there and tell them what you want added to the plan. It's much easier than scrapping the whole thing. It's very important to support phase four because phase four includes the lethal take of wolves. Um, there's also J, I can't remember what it is, but it's, um, God, that's too much weeds to get into right now, but you can't. So we have a bunch of talking points that like Colorado Outfitters Association wrote and a bunch of different people to help people kind of build what they should say at these commission meetings, just starting points. Um, you can, uh, if you RSVP for any of the events, you'll have all that emailed to you. Um, so you could start there and you can say those things or use some of that, but I think it would be, um, it, it would certainly educate you on, on more about the plan, I believe. Other than yeah. that, we have Washington State, which is a huge mess. That's a whole nother <laughs> podcast, or two, or three. But talking about semantics, Ugh. management hunting in Washington State, that brings back spring bear hunting. Okay, sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens Look, I'll there. say this. I'm super proud of Brad Thompson. Yeah. Um. The guy, he didn't wasn't uh, he wasn't a speck on the wall. Started listening to us, started engaging us. We started interacting with them, and he just gained confidence to say, "You know what? If you can do it, I can do it." Yeah. And has freaking taken the spring bear thing by the collar and submits petition after petition yeah. after petition. Yeah. No, he, so, he's great, and he's moving the he's moving the ball, and. There's a lot going on there. There's litigation going on also. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coalition. Okay. Yeah. So um, we are a part of that, which is interesting. A coalition um, that I think people need to continually what, – what's the name of the coalition? Which one? Uh, so there's Washingtonians for Wildlife. There, that's, that's – Washingtonians for Wildlife is, right. is the who ones. is behind the – the litigation currently, but there is more also coming. That's the litig- besides and that's that. the litigation against the appointment uh, seats for the commission, right? The appointment of people filling the seats for the commission. It's it's actually suing the governor. Um, so instead of going after the commissioners, which could just 
play be playing whack-a-mole. It's going after the governor because the governor broke RCW's rules on mm. on the method of appointing commissioners. It was not done correctly. So it's there's a lot of issues with commissioners breaking laws, you know, on video and and also with the Senate not even confirming. I think four or five commissioners. Um, but it starts with the general at the top, the governor, and I think that's the I think that's kind of the, the strategy here is just go for the top. The mm-hmm. the governor is ultimately responsible for this. So that's the basis for that litigation. But there is more coming. Just to reiterate, mm-hmm. Washingtonians for Wildlife is a pro hunting common sense organization as much as it potentially I have to get my acronyms right because there's so many of them that there's it's like not wildlife Washington for all. wildlife first, and there's the, and I always, I'll get them mixed up sometimes. And I'm like, God, am I saying the right one? Because they all sound so similar. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's Washingtonians for wildlife, I believe. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I think that we, covers we it, right? That later. Is there anything else? Is there any other legislation? What um, else is I'm up there? There, because he's dying to wrap up in three minutes and sixteen seconds. <laughs> He can't handle it. There's, uh, let's see, Montana, Connecticut, Wolf. There's the, uh, well, there's Canada. You guys have already covered that. Um, yeah, we have a pretty and sweet we've got a podcast coming out. Actually, there was a podcast that came out last Thursday with the um, conservative, he calls himself the shadow minister for environment and hunting. His name is Blaine Calkins. Oh, He's okay. a member of the House of Commons. He's a member of Parliament of the House of Commons from the Conservative Party. And we dropped a podcast last Thursday um, that d- sort of just breaks down C21 and also like the party majority. If there are people that aren't, you know, what is the situation here? The indigenous voices situ- situation. Mm. And it's important that we dropped it last Thursday because that was the 25th. Today, you're listening to this podcast. It's Monday, January 30th, I believe, or 31st. Today is the first day of session for the Canadian House of Commons. Again, that they'll start talking about this. It'll come out of committee and they'll start talking about the amendments again. Hmm. Maybe that's why I started getting a lot of responses back. Uh, finally. They're not yet. They're not technically working yet. Next uh, week is when they're all going to be technically back at work. Okay. It's cool so just, engaging. They're talking to us in the states about it. So, yeah, it's who been knows? fun. Who knows? There's, there's words on the wind that all the amendments will get dropped, or they'll they'll word it differently to like have sort of a win, but you know it. Who knows? It's all politics. Seems like there's plenty of Democrat and liberal um, and I don't know what the other party is there, the bloc, um, who are against what happened. That yeah, was the Quebecans. Quebecans. The Quebecans. Yeah. The bloc. Yeah. It's a fun B-L-O-K. place. Ever be there? B-L-O-C. Have you ever been to Quebec? Did you say ever be there? I've been to Montreal. Have you ever be there? You've been drinking water. I'm drinking water. Vodka now. It's because it's 10 a.m. in the morning uh, it's a fun, wherever the fun place. At. Yeah. Um, let me ask this question to um sort of wrap things up. No, there's been it's been very, very quiet. Um about any mountain lion 
type issues, legislation, ballot initiatives, um, I'd put $100 that we're going to see something in the next two to three weeks. Um, Arizona, I guarantee you we're going to see something come out of Arizona. Colorado, I guarantee you we're going to see something come out of Colorado from a mountain lion perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't put a past Washington State to have something, and then New Mexico may put something too. So, brace yourselves, because I think we just got a taste of mountain lions last year, and they have been working behind the scenes yeah. to what this year is going to look like. I think they saw Colorado... I can't disagree. I think they saw Colorado get just demolished so fast that I think that's what what constituted the break or the gap where we haven't we haven't seen that um you also just i mean if if you want to talk about scientific data when you look at actual conflict you know not i mean i don't want to classify all of them as mountain lion attacks on humans but a conflict um it's increasing and it's increasing drastically in California where they completely outlawed the hunting. Um, there's been some incredible, like, you know, as, as much as I hate social media, there's been some intense videos on Instagram of mountain lions proving they have zero fear of an individual human being. Um, and I, I don't, I think those kind of things are getting, that middle group of people who never think about mountain yeah. lions to go, huh, you know, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should have human beings keeping them in check a little bit to, to bring up. Now, we have mountain lions on our, on our ring cameras almost every day where I live. Our, uh, that's weird. Seriously. I can't think of a place where it's not a drinking hour that has mountain lions consistently. Um, one came into a lady's back door and grabbed her dog out right in front of her and into the backyard, and it could care less that she was there. It was a big ordeal. Yeah. It's and where just, are you, uh, Charles? California. Oh, great state of California. They, uh, yeah. I, I, I think that there's uh, – I still – I've been saying this for a year plus now on this podcast that I think mountain lions will be the next thing um, that the – the the big organizations, your HSUS, your Defenders of Wildlife, latch onto because they're just they're losing the wolf argument because the data is overwhelming it and their fundraising from the wolf is going to drop. So they're going to switch to mountain lions on us. Watch, it'll happen. Um, and in fact, our uh, good friend of the podcast, Derek Wolf, Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos, is yep. now has a official PETA campaign against him for. Nice. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> legally, I won't. Uh, Derek now has a radio show in Denver, and uh, I text him to ask him, you know, how's it going when PETA launched all this stuff against him for completely legally harvesting a nuisance mountain lion? Um, yeah, I won't tell you what. What uh, it's no. Well, we did that live with him on Saturday, and he did a really good job also with, on Tucker Colson. And yeah. Tucker gave him maybe three and a half minutes. Right. <laughs> he said what he needed to say in three and a half minutes, which right. is good. Yeah. So good job, Derek. So I, I, I agree with you, Robbie, that I think it's probably coming. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, there's been several, like, 
intense videos of people interacting with mountain lions who were not scared of them at all that have, you know, kind of gone viral on social media. Um, and I think, I think that's good. I think it's a, I think it's a good, I think it's a good thing the internet's doing and showing that this is a legitimate alpha predator, right? Like I've been on mountain lion hunts where they weren't really scared of us, you know, and they just look at you like, if I decide to, I'm going to do what I want to do here. And, uh, I, I, I think maybe some of those weird viral videos are, uh, helping that case a little bit. Yep. I was this yep. close to having one pounce on me when I was turkey hunting. I mean, it was, it was on its last leap before it figured out I wasn't actually a turkey. Dang they're kind of scary. I mean, they're awesome, you know, but they are scary. Um, Am I going to see you guys in uh, Utah? Are you going to be at the Hunt Expo? Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, I'll be there. You going to be at Winter Strong? Yeah, I'll be there too. Awesome. I just I'll be road weary because I've got a um, I'm I'm the one of the plenary speakers for the Missouri Department of Conservation's like Natural Resources Conference on Wednesday. So I'll be driving from Missouri to South Carolina. Um, oh wow. Anyway. Fun. Charles, if people have been living under a rock for the last two years and have never heard of Howl, <laughs> uh, where can they find you? Howlforwildlife.org or Howl.org. Howl I changed it to Howl.org. I bought that because you were saying Howl.org so many times. I was like, all right, this means people are just thinking Howl.org. I need to own that. And I had to buy it and it wasn't cheap. So it's Howl.org, Howlforwildlife.org, Instagrams. Smart move. Yeah. Smart move. How.org yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. Depends um, on how much you pay Charles for it big fans whether of you. it was a smart move. I mean, if it was $7 million, it was a really dumb move. <sighs> hmm. It was, uh, here's what's funny is that it was an anti-hunting organization. And I obviously didn't go oh. in buying it under the name of Halfer Wildlife or I just private citizen. Um, that was $15,000. I think that was well no, worth the investment. It will be in the long. It will be in the long run. <laughs> well worth it. Well worth it. Yeah. Charles, we're big fans of you. We're big fans of what you've done. Thank and you, you know, anything that we can do to help you, I think it's a brilliant synergy. And um, thank you, man. We've been yeah. wanting to do this for a while. And um, if something breaks, something crazy breaks, text us. Yeah. Let's bring you back on immediately. I will text you and leave voicemails now. Now that you have that. <laughs> God, I'm going to have to figure out how to do that. That's beautiful. Figure it out, Cody. Dave Gittleson, be the first voicemail. Probably so. See ya. Probably so. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.